Hello there. there. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the 33rd episode of Star Wars in a Galaxy. Uh, watching all the Star Wars we can get our hands on. I'm Eli. I'm Jacob. And uh, that live stream was fun, wasn't it? Um, this is <laughs> weird because we're putting this out after the live stream. Wait, really? We're recording this before the live stream. So it's another one of those things that we got to say, hey, that live stream was so much fun, right? <laughs> anyway, go check out, we'll leave them in the description. Go check out Meg, Arzu, uh, Candice, and Devor doing their own stuff. Uh, in the meantime, we're back with some more Star Wars The Clone Wars action. Uh, let's see. Before we get into that, though, um, we'll do Mando now? Uh, yeah, so I haven't seen the, this week's episode of Mandalorian again. He's not seen Chapter 15 yet, so I'll... Chapter 15, The Believer. Um, eh, wasn't my thing. I know a lot of people loved it. Um, I'm still, you know, Bill Burr the transphobic stuff from him and then Gina Carano too. I wasn't much into them. I didn't like either of them before uh, the accusations come out. I don't like them now. Um, yeah, it was a rough episode for me. Uh, the last five minutes were totally beautiful. The seismic charge was great. Um, and uh, the um, you have something I want role reversal. Let's just say this. I called that. DeVore has mentioned it that I called it on the episode. Man, oh man, I'm feeling so pumped that I called it. Uh, yeah, I love Din flipping the script on Gideon. Great stuff. Love that. Um, but the overall, the episode felt eh to me because I don't really like uh, Bill Burr and stuff like that. Um, and it had a criminal lack of Boba, which after I loved him so much in Chapter 14, the tragedy would have been nice to see a little bit more Boba Fett. But I'm very hyped for Chapter 16, which comes out on Friday, two days from this episode's release. Nope, this episode will have released after. Okay, never mind. Let's just ignore that. Uh, you've already seen Chapter uh, 16. It's probably awesome. Uh, yeah, I don't really have too much to say. We're talking about, we watched Dooku Captured and the Gungan General. Um, should we just get into this? Uh, yeah, let's get into it. So, uh, Fortune Cookie, the winding path to peace is always a worthy one, regardless of how many turns it takes. So, what do, what do you think of this? It was a really weird Fortune Cookie. Like, I felt like it, it felt a, it felt sort of tangential to the episode, but also, I get, I guess, I can see where they were going. Like, you do have. I, I mean, it does feel like a bit of a hard sell, but, you know, you do have uh, thinking that maybe capturing Dooku would end the war, and, and that's why the Jedi are, are trying so hard to get him. But And cooperating it does, it with really, pirates. Yeah, and that's why they're trying to cooperate with the pirates, and that's why they're... Oh, wait, that doesn't come to the next episode. I was going to say they're trafficking in salt. Yeah. Not salt, spice. But, you know, um, I, th I think it's kind of a... I think it's kind of tangential, so... Yeah, it's a, weird, right into the it's a weird fortune cookie. I'm going to give yeah. it that. It's not a, like, it's a strange fortune cookie. Um, one well, of basically, things... in this episode, sorry, oh, I just want yeah, to recap right for those yep. listening. Yep. In this episode, we, we see Dooku is on his cruiser, and, and he's captured Anakin, or Anakin has let himself be captured, we think, right? In yeah. order to, as, as part of this plot, to try and capture Dooku. But... 
Dooku slips through their fingers. They end up having a little adventure on Vancor, I believe. He slips through their fingers again, and and then they go to um. They end up on Florum in the pirate's lair. And uh, this episode feels like not a very good standalone episode, I would say. It very much feels like an introduction to the following episode, the Gungan General episode. Frankly, this, even as part of the arc, it didn't feel like a good episode. Um, That's just, that's a preview of my overall thoughts about this episode. One of the things, I don't know about you, Jacob, but I guess one of the biggest problems with this arc, and I don't know if you've had this problem with this arc as well as I have, it don't, I don't know its purpose. I couldn't figure out why we needed this arc. Well, I think it's um, I don't know. At the at the end of the day, um, this is uh, when this is early in the Clone Wars. You know, the episodes are yeah. less serialized. I get it. So they they they're trying to pick up their footing, but like yeah, I, I don't think it's a, a a too bad of a um too bad of an example. I I think um. I, I would say uh, this episode, given given that it kind of relies on the the, the at least this arc in general, rely, not this episode, but this arc in general relies on the enmity between Dooku and Anakin, or uh, Dooku and Anakin and Obi Wan, and and they're kind of tr- having to cooperate together to to to, to get off the um, the pirate base and 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 make their escape. I feel like if we had seen more previous. Uh, encounters, hostile encounters, but between um, the the Jedi and Dooku, I think maybe it, it would have had more um, more significance and more depth. But uh, overall, I thought it was a really interesting premise. I, I feel like they could have done a better job of of tying it into the story or making it feel less fillery because this does, to me at least, it felt kind of kind of fillery. I don't. I don't I don't I think when a lot of people think of filler I think they they misuse the term like they just think oh anything that isn't like Jacob's not super... throwing around the term filler lightly. Yeah no I'm not because I, I think that that's what I'm saying it feels like filler it isn't filler which which yeah. I don't, I don't know if that is, that sounds like a stupid thing to say but we, it does have some character development you do kind of peel back some layers of uh Anakin and and Obi-Wan's relationship so I, I don't think it's a total wash but uh yeah. I do think they could have connected it more. My feelings about this arc, I've already kind of said it. Um, one of my things about, first of all, about your point with the Jedi and Sith working together, I think that would have been a lot more impactful if any of the three of them had stepped um, away from that encounter and felt like they genuinely learned something. But I don't really feel like any of them, like, I feel like Anakin's going to keep on being the same old Anakin after this, Obi-Wan's going to be the same old Obi-Wan after this, and Dooku is going to be the same old Dooku after this. Um, yeah, you're right. The the thing that it felt like it felt like the kind the message kind of got weak it the message felt weakened and kind of it felt like the it felt like the story kind of undermined itself by um having the whole thing of like oh they have to work together to get out of there look yeah. at them bigger, that was an ha-ha. interesting premise and then in the end in the Shame end it didn't lead to anything yeah in the end it didn't lead to anything and i'm not saying they had to be best friends like they could have no of like, course hmm. not they, like like but like with um it felt like they abandoned the working together idea halfway through like like another example another another one of these stories that i love um the on the honorable ones with zeb and callus and rebels think of that good example they have to work together till the very end and and they and even though they don't they don't become best buds immediately after that like that in that episode you definitely have more of a sense of 
this encounter has has changed them. It changed Callus. It you know that that was the Callus catalyst for Callus's like redemption arc. Um, that that was a um, that was a good example of the enemies working together trope like working better. And again, that was season two of Rebels. Dave Filoni had had six seasons of Star Wars: The Clone Wars and another season of Rebels. He found his footing. He he was doing he was doing the thing. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. The only thing I could say maybe was gained out of this episode. The only thing. This is the first appearance ever of Hondo and the Onaka gang. That's true. I did like the way they portrayed Hondo in this. I like... Oh, I didn't. Oh, really? Oh. I'll, I'll, I'll get to I'll why look... later, but like, there's some, I have some issues with right. Hondo in this episode. I just want to say, I like when they, they don't portray Force users as omnipotent. I like when you have like hondo through using treachery trickery. and his yeah. pirate like kind of his pirate knowledge and his trickery and and just he, i like it when like other 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 you people like aren't force, force users, users are able to not necessarily taken down a peg but i feel like it's it's good to to have them be like they're not they're these people aren't all powerful and they're like, not gods you can easily outsmart them not easily but uh if, like if you like a, a non-force user is immediate. Jedi. Yeah, it's like a non-force user isn't immediately inferior or yeah or or, or not good at what they do, or would yeah. would automatically be um be bested by a force user. So I like that idea. Um, I think I was, that they could have gone into everything a bit more, but yeah. But one thing I was gonna say about the whole um Onaka gang part that I think I appreciate this arc a little bit more for. I love when the Clone Wars goes beyond the clones and the uh, droids. I love when it goes beyond the Republican separatists. I love it when it explores other things going on in the galaxy. And I really do feel like um, this arc was the first step in that direction. This arc made the Night Sister stuff possible. This arc made, I know you don't like it as much as I do, but like the Martez sisters arc possible. Um, you know, it made arcs that don't have to do with the Clone Wars, like, at least immediately, it, it made those possible, which I appreciate. Yeah, I, I guess I see what you, uh, I guess I see what you mean. I do think, yeah, I like it when they explore other ideas, like how, like when they kind of go beyond just the war room and the, the, the Republic and the Separatists. Yeah. I think that's, I, I do think that that is interesting. I think you're right. Uh, let's get back to the episode, uh, Dooku Capture. Uh, we got, I love, there are so many good nods, um, when Obi-Wan rescues Anakin. First of all, Obi-Wan opens the oh, wrong cell. Obi-Wan opens the wrong cell and he says, you're not the prisoner I'm looking for. Um. <laughs> that, that was pretty funny, yeah. You can go like about the, your business. You can go about like, your business. Move alone. I love Move the along. revenge of the Move Sith, along. uh. Reference. Yeah. Oh, it's you. I love that it's reversed this time. Because in Revenge of the Sith, uh, Obi Wan tells Anakin, "Oh, it's you." And this time, uh, Anakin tells Obi Wan, "Oh, it's you." It's great stuff happening. Yeah. Uh, Obi Wan. Let's talk about Obi Wan in this episode. Obi Wan is on fire, man. Obi Wan. He is absolutely on fire. He has some but, sick burns. He does have some sick burns. Um. But but one thing I noticed is that this this something that I think this episode does well is it kind of for people like if you're lucky enough to to notice it or if you're purposefully looking for it you can kind of notice how like 
even though it, it's kind of played as sass, you can kind of see the, the tension and the underlying kind of disconnect between Obi-Wan and Anakin in their master-apprentice relationship. Like, but like, like we see over and over Obi-Wan, um, like, like not giving Anakin any positive feed, any constructive feedback or positive reinforcement. He just kind of, um, he just snarks him. He just kind of snarks him. Like when, um, like when they get a, we might be getting a little ahead of ourselves, but when, when we see, uh, when, when we see, uh, oof, I'm, I'm forgetting the name, the, the gun, when we see the gun dark and, and, yeah. uh, Obi-Wan. Just or Anakin, does not kind of, help Anakin. Yeah. When, when Anakin and, uh, First of all, he doesn't help him at all. He's like, oh, I'm like, enjoying this. Which, you, you just yeah, that, that's back, an interesting thing. Which is, it's hilarious, but I see what you mean as it's like yeah. totally non-constructive and actually probably hurts Anakin more than it. But that's not even the main, that's not even the main concern. I feel like my main concern, not even concern, just the main, the main way that I notice this playing out of Anakin not really getting, like, like for lack of a better word, Anakin, like Obi-Wan not really showing love to Anakin at all. And not being supportive, which is what Anakin desperately needs. We we see um, we have a uh, we have Anakin, and and at some point he says to Obi Wan, "Oh, thank God you're alive," or he says like, "Oh, thank goodness you're alive. I'm so happy you're alive." Um, after they get buried and they get out of the rocks, and he immediately Anakin Obi Wan immediately just says, "Oh, where's your lightsaber? Like, this yeah. is a you made a big mistake." And he's like, "Oh, I got knocked out of my hand." He said, "Oh, a feeble excuse." Yeah. Oh, and it just kind of it got um, knocked out out of my hand by a rock. Yeah, a rock. Yeah, I thought that would part, it, thought it was, part it was, was funny. It was beautiful. What? But I feel like it is you know, like even though it is sass, you definitely kind of can see why Anakin might not be happy and why he is and and how he might not be getting the support that he needs. It, it's a it's the whole Anakin needs a father but gets a brother. Um, yeah yeah exactly. it's, like, it's, like it's primary like... older brother thing oh oh, oh are yeah, you gonna does. help me with this no i'm enjoying you failing at this too much the father figure would have said to anakin no i think you got this um use your training i know you can do this like qui-gon would have done you know what i mean use your training i know you can do this you have it in you to do this but and yeah. obi-wan's no i'm enjoying this far too much anakin yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah. Anakin doesn't catch Dooku, but chases him down to Vancor. And then Dooku ditches a ride with the Onaka gang. Um, and their leader, Hondo Onaka. Um, who is, like, one of my favorite, like, Clone Wars characters. Just, uh, I love Hondo. Um, I know Jacob loves Hondo. I think you like him more than I do. Um, I know I'm not. I'm not like the biggest fan of him, but like I think he's. I think he's funny. I think yeah. he actually. Um, I think he's one of the comic relief parts that kind of work more. But then as the show goes on, he also gets deeper than that. You actually see him become sort of an anti-hero. Yeah. Which I think is kind of cool that they can. That 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 the, the writers for this show that they can balance that and not just have another, another jar jar potentially. Yeah. Um, one line sticks out uh, to me from this episode that defines this whole arc and not the way I thought it would. Uh, Hondo says to Dooku, uh, you don't survive in the outer rim by being stupid. Now what about, what about that sticks out here? Because it constantly, from that point forward, gets disproven again and again and again. 
they keep acting stupidly, and they all get out completely unscathed. Um, it's weird. Um, I, uh, look, can I get into why I don't like Hondo? It kind of goes into the next episode. Um, uh, yeah, sure, go ahead. I have some more things to say before we wrap up talking so, about this episode, but yeah, sure. So Hondo has the smarts and guts to capture three of the most powerful Force users in the galaxy. Yes. Obi-Wan, Anakin, Dooku. But he's not prepared for a betrayal by his own stupid-ass lieutenant. Are you kidding me? Like, I I, I know, I'm not saying Hondo should be omnipotent or all-knowing or anything, but, like, it just seems so stupid that that a guy who is... a guy who outwits three people smarter than him. I mean, Anakin and Obi-Wan and Dooku are all probably smarter than him, but he still outwits them. And then he gets out- outwitted by someone that he's also smarter than. You know what I mean? It's like, the chain is a little ridiculous. I mean, it's already a ridiculous premise to have Obi-Wan, Anakin, and Dooku all getting, uh, being so gullible to Hondo's, um, machinations. But then to have Hondo himself be gullible? I mean, really? Sorry. Yeah, I mean, I mean, yeah, you're right. That's an interesting, uh, that, that seems like a bit of an inconsistency. It's a little over the top. Um, one thing I noticed here, uh, continuing a pattern that I've Kind of, kind of seen and talked about before, when we see, um, we, we see Palpatine first off really trying to throw off the, uh, the the ransoming of Dooku because Palpatine obviously really, really doesn't want. Uh, this is not part of Palpatine's plans at all. He doesn't want Dooku to to fall into Republic hands, and and so he's like, oh, the lightsaber. But then what's really interesting is that we see again, we see why Padme is such a big threat to Palpatine. She commands the respect. That Palpatine is clearly very ready and kind of, it kind of seems like Palpatine is openly moving towards passing over the ransom opportunity because you think it's thinks it's fake or a trick. But then Padme is the one who convinces everyone else to to, to pay up the ransom and, and try and have a shot at getting their uh, getting yeah. Dooku imprisoned. And you know that could seriously disrupt Palpatine's plans. He really doesn't want to end the war. I think I think that kind of shows why he um why he uh. Why he he really hates Padme and is is very afraid of Padme, but he kind of also has to keep if her around. Palpatine is, you know, there's often something that people are saying. If Palpatine's the devil on uh, Anakin's shoulder, the angel is Obi Wan. No, Obi Wan's not the angel. Padme is the angel. You really think so? Evidenced by the first thing Anakin ever says to Padme. Are, are you, you an oh, angel? Oh, oh, I get it. I mean, he just spells it out right there. Yeah. Um. No. One of the things I want to ask you. I agree that Padme is the anti-Palpatine in this scene. Why is she there? What uh, reason does she have to be there? You're right. You'd think that Palpatine <laughs> wouldn't invite her. They're obviously on mean, opposite, very opposite sides of the political spectrum. And like, there are thousands of senators in the Republic. Why is Padme there? I think Padme. I'm not I mean, sure. Of course, it's because the plot needs her to be there. But like, come on, think, really? I would contend that she is very uh, what is the she's very influential um maybe she has i think she probably has a lot more power influence clout than a regular um 
than than a regular uh, senator would. Yeah, maybe considering how um, easy it is, he, easy she convinces everyone of uh, all the sen- all the other senators of her agenda throughout the Clone Wars. Oh wait, she she you yeah. know it's like you know we see in seasons three and four. I think she's not very like she she fights a noble cause, but like she's not very good at convincing other senators about it. Well, I think that's another thing, and that's another problem that we often have in Star Wars, which is Star Wars falls a lot into the... Like, Star Wars doesn't often do a good job of following the the show-don't-tell role. Like, we hear about how, oh, Padme is... They were going to send her to Grievous and stuff. Like, she's a great negotiator. We're going to send her into the heart of Separatist space. Like, she she is a... You know what I mean? Like, we constantly hear about how she's a great negotiator. No, she's a good negotiator. I don't think she's a bad negotiator. I think the problem is not with Padme. I think the problem is that the Senate's too corrupt and self-serving to listen to anything she has to say. I know, but that's not my my point. My point is that the story keeps telling us. The story keeps keeps telling us that we, uh, the story, us, gosh. The, the story, yeah, the story keeps telling us um, throughout, throughout the prequels and especially in the Clone Wars, really, that Padme is like this amazing orator and she's like the one person that can kind of save everyone and bring everyone together. Like we, we, you know the plot where Aura Singh is plotting to kill her? The, the whole entire premise yeah. of the plot is no one except Padme can make this speech and, and, and be convincing and that's why she has to deliver that speech. You know the you know the subplot I'm talking about. I I know what episode you're talking about. To be completely honest, I have not watched that episode a lot. Really? Okay. Well, anyway. Yeah. No, I, never... no, I know I know what you're talking about. It's the one where Ahsoka has the vision of Horus Singh and all that kind of stuff. We never. <sighs> Wasn't a summit on Alderaan. We we never see um. We we never actually see her do well. Right. I guess I don't know how to. Uh... Yeah, we never see her succeed. I think that's partially because of the circumstances, though. Though I yeah, agree. But, but still, I think it's a mistake I ag- I agree from the that, point of view of this story. I agree that Padme is not shown ever to be that great a negotiator. Or a politician. Uh, I feel like, yeah, we've always heard that she's a great politician. Every single time she tries to convince someone in the Clone Wars, like, like on screen, she basically fails. Yeah. I'm, I'm, sure, I'm sure I'm not entirely right in that. I'm sure there's a... But like majority, that, but majority, the majority of the time, we we see her be like, she always be like, please, you have to listen to me, please, you have to. And then there's yeah. some separatist person there, like, no, I will not listen to you. You suck. You're bad. <laughs> you, so, you suck. Know. You're bad. Is all separatist to Padme in this war? Yep. Yep. <laughs> and and, um, and half the and half the Republic too. Yes. Um. Anyway, this is some deep, deep poetry right here. Are you ready for this? Yeah. Dooku is being no, sorry. Attack of the Clones. Obi Wan's being held captive in those blue electrical thingies. You know what I'm talking about? The yeah, yeah, the, the electrical fields. The electrical fields. And Dooku tells him, "What is the truth?" And Obi Wan does not believe him. But it is yeah. the truth. In this, Dooku is being held captive in the two electrical fields. Dooku tells Obi Obi Wan goes to see um make sure he's actually Dooku. Dooku tells him another truth. Does not believe him again. And guess what? Turns out to be true again. Yeah, I love how the cell scene mirrors attacking the clones. One of the things I don't understand. I don't know if this was true with you. Obi-Wan and Anakin seemed very wary of Hondo and the pirates. You know what I mean? 
Yeah. They still drunk it. What? Why did they drink the? And here's the here's the other thing. If to segue into the next episode, maybe actually I have some trivia. I first, mean, but... why did they drink it? There's here's what I don't no... understand. We we here, here's what I don't understand. Also, not only do they do they drink. First off, they shouldn't be drinking alcohol in a hostile environment. At most, a sip to be polite. But yeah, you know, no kidding. You see them switch the cups with two other pirates, so they're not drinking the drugged. They're not drinking the drugged alcohol, right? We see that happen. The next episode, they wake up in the cell, and Obi Wan says, "We were drugged. We were like." Obi Wan says, "You idiot! We got drugged." What's that about? That that you, seems you like want, a you want me to know. You want me to tell you what I think that's about? What do you think it's about? I think they were all drugged. But then why why wouldn't they also collapse, right? Because we see the pirates collapse in the in the last scene of the uh, in, in the last scene of Dooku captured. We see the two pirates who drink the drinks intended for maybe here, here's Duke, what it is for the Jedi again. We see them collapse, uh, and then we don't he, see the yeah. other two collapse again. So I don't, I don't think that was extremely smart of them. But here's my lore fixing of this, okay? Maybe they were all drugged, but maybe um, the uh, the Jedi ones were drugged more um, more uh, heavily. Yeah, more heavily. Here's here's, here's my logic. Know. Here's my logic, okay? Okay. I think they knew that the Jedi could see them drugging the drinks. You know what I mean? So you think that was a red herring? No, what I think is that they're like, okay, we'll give the Jedi these drinks that are heavily drugged. Just in case they don't take those, we'll make sure all of them are drugged anyway. I guess. I feel like that would... I feel like the other pirates wouldn't wouldn't be happy with that. I, I don't think... I don't, would, I don't think... You think Hondo, Hondo would tell them? I don't, I don't know. I don't think Hondo would drug his own men. But, His um, men seem pretty willing to betray him. It's it's he's not. They're not the only ones who are treacherous. Again, I'm, that's true. I'm, that's true. I'm trying to defend this. Um, I don't exactly agree with myself on this one, but like you know, that's my I rationale. Feel like, I don't know. There are some things, but but honestly, honestly, it just it feels a bit um. It feels weird. Yeah, no kidding. It feels it feels it feels weird. I'm not yeah. sure that I should we go on to um uh the next episode? But first I have some random trivia. Let's do this, boyos! I have some random trivia I have some random trivia from the uh StarWars.com trivia gallery for this episode. Jacob and and of course us. I have some gripes. Eli, you call this low hanging fruit when you have these yes. logistical gripes. This is a literal fruit gripe. Because oh we God. hear we hear one of the Weequays, one of the pirates say, "A true Weequay banquet is not to be missed," and and then the banquet is just a bunch of people getting blackout drunk and bowls of fruit that nobody is even touching. It's not even sliced up or anything. It's just bowls of fruit like you'd put on a kitchen counter. I that's not, that's not a banquet. have an answer to this one. What? They're vegetarians. They're vegans. He was bluffing. That is true. He could be bluffing. <laughs> he, he was just getting them to lure, get, saying that to lure them there. And they, it worked. <laughs> I don't understand how that worked. Like the Jedi are supposed to, the Jedi are be kind of, smarter than this. Yeah, no shit. Also, aren't the Jedi? I would, I would assume that the Jedi are kind of into they're because they're like monks. Wouldn't they be all about trying to not overindulge in earthly pleasures? And yes, fancy but food here, here's that? the thing. Here's the thing. I got one for that one too. What is it? 
Which would the Jedi rather do? Would they rather drink alcohol or disrespect a culture they're trying to negotiate with? That's true. They're probably just doing it in order to try and... They're doing it to to try and gain favor with them by participating in their customs. Yeah, I I can't argue with that. I can't argue with that. One more thing. Literally, by the way, this is not my argument. It's the Jedi Paths argument. In the Jedi Path by Daniel Wallace, it literally says something exactly to that tune. Really? Wow. I'll have to check that out. I have that book, but I don't remember anything about that, but that'll be very interesting. Yeah. We see the funniest scene, I think, in this entire episode, and the thing that I really want, since Disney is announcing, like, so, so many shows now, I feel like it's imminently feasible. We need a show about the Jawa who is straight up thugging, fighting two weak way, twice his, no, three times his height and probably, like, five times his weight. He gets kicked in the ribs. He just gets right back up. He says, Utini, and then he tackles one of the weak way to the ground. It is absolutely hilarious. I got to know the backstory. That is insane. I got to know the backstory for that. You should see our notes sometimes. We have some weird notes sometimes. <laughs> I literally just, my note for this was, did I just see a Jawa get falcon punched? <laughs> Apparently so. What the hell? <laughs> yeah, it's kind of ridiculous. Uh, should we go to Gunga General? In the original script... Count Dooku's Solar Sailor was meant to be a Sabaoth Starfighter from the 2002 video game Star Wars Jedi Starfighter. I don't know why they changed it. I, I assume that it was because they they didn't want to make a model for the other one. I know they had some they had some constraints in the uh, in the earlier seasons of the Clone Wars, especially. Secondly, originally there were not going to be one but two Kowakian monkey lizards in the episode. The brothers two? Pick, yes, Pick and Pilf Muck Muck, but their role was consolidated into Pilf. If it was kept as one, I think this episode might have been Claire Scribbling of the Imperial Senate podcast's favorite episode of the Clone Wars. Gungan General, here we go. Uh, Jacob, the fortune cookie for this episode is it says gullible on the ceiling. <laughs> That's what the fortune cookie should have been, because everyone acted like a damn fool this episode. Let's just say that. But the fortune cookie, you wanted to the actual fortune cookie. Sorry about that. Yeah. So the fortune cookie for this episode is fail with honor rather than succeed with fraud. You know, I think that this fortune cookie, it still isn't anywhere near the best fortune cookies that we've seen so far in the series. But overall, it's a good one. It's it's much like better it. than the one that it it goes at. Then it's much better than previous than the previous episodes, fortunately, because yeah. I think that um, we kind of see it how uh, Obi Wan over. I think it's kind of Obi Wan's. It, it's kind of Obi Wan's uh, part to play in this because you know, uh, Anakin when the, you know they're hanging from the archway, they have a chance to escape if they might. They might have a better chance of escaping if they drop Dooku, who would probably die or be injured or be captured again. It would mean betraying someone who, who's who's. Yeah, put themselves on the line and, and kind of help them uh, even even if even if it's for even ultimately if he hates them the other 99.8 percent of the time yeah even if he hates them the other 99 point i would even say 99.9 percent of the time yeah probably. you know we, we see obi-wan um or we see anakin say drop dooku drop dooku and anakin and, and obi-wan doesn't he is, yeah. he's failing with honor rather than succeeding by well it's not exactly fraud but he's like... not exceeding succeeding with dishonor it, yeah, and, you can always say that by with Hondo too. You know, he's succeeding by fraud, by deceit, um, and 
you know, Dooku succeeding at the end of the episode by using the dark side. But, uh, you know, they don't kill Hondo because he holds no grudge, um, as Owen said. For me, this is light side and dark side 101. It's, uh, you know, there's Yoda, Empire Strikes Back. Um, if you uh, go down Vader's path, if you choose the quick and easy path, you will become an agent of evil. You know, oh, yeah. it, it, Dooku and Hondo to certain degree, but really Dooku is choosing the quick and easy path. He is succeeding with Fod rather than failing by honor. And that's why the dark side is so detrimental. We see the pirates screwing up. And 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 the pirates are failing. They don't they don't get the money. Uh, they they kind of get their operation kind of ruined and exposed. Yeah. To the, um, for a separatist what? attack because they're not honorable. They're making deals behind each other's backs. They're screwing up and that Turk, and that, um, and that kind of makes Falso, them fight amongst themselves. Name. Turk, who is this? Turk Falso, I think. Is his Turk name? Falso. Yeah, one of the yeah. one of the pirate lieutenants. Anyway. Yeah. Who betrays Hondo? He just tries to mess up Hondo's plans and look where it leads him. He's dead by the end of the episode. Um, yeah, that's true. Yeah. Uh, by the way, a couple of things. First of all, we got one of my favorite Hondo quotes this episode. Now, as my sweet mother always said, Son, if one hostage is good, two is better, and three, <laughs> that's just good business. I love that quote. You know what I want? You know what I really want? I want to know more about Hondo's mother. I want a Hondo's mom book or a a book about Hondo's upbringing, or a book about how Hondo's mom was a pirate too. I think that would be that. Would, it would be great. That, um, that would be that would be hilarious. I don't know I if you know about the. Um, I don't play Dungeons and Dragons, but I do know. Do you know about the D and D alignment stuff? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Like a uh, chaotic evil and stuff yeah. like that. Of course. Hondo is true neutral. You think? I think he's chaotic neutral because he's just. He's yeah, crazy. but like I don't think in this episode he's true neutral. I would argue, uh, because he's just like. Yep, uh, I'm going to get more by capturing not just Jedi, but Sith. Um, I think Turk Falso is chaotic neutral in this. Um, but that's just me. Uh, let's see. Um, so, uh, New Republic, uh, not New Republic, the Galactic Republic, um, sends, um, uh, envoys to negotiate with Hondo for Dooku, um, and who do they send? They send Senator Karras, who's a grand senator, and they send Jar Jar. Jar Jar, yeah. Hey, Republic, maybe you want to send more delegates to Forum than just Senator Karras and Jar Jar? Like, what if Karras dies? Oh, wait. Whoops. Yeah, so obviously Karis dies, which leaves uh, the clone captain and Jar Jar to rescue Obi-Wan and Anakin, because of course they have to. Um, it's that it's just ridiculous. Um, yeah. Anything yeah. to say about that subplot? Because I, I think I've said all I need to say about the Jar Jar clone subplot. Okay, speaking of Jar Jar, I think in this episode, I think Jar Jar needs to go to prison. You, I, I, I have to say why, but I... Go I just, ahead. Jar Jar needs to go to, go to prison. prison. I'm, I'm interested. Okay. First off, he sabotages the crash landing of the ship. He he goes into the cockpit. Yeah. He he's goes into the cockpit where he's not allowed to. He pulls yeah. down the pilot. He's basically... Yep. From, from, from Wait. a legal... Oh my god, I just realized something. 
from a legal point of view, he's basically responsible for messing up the crash and, and potentially killing uh, the, the senator and who might not have died otherwise. I think Jar Jar might be guilty of manslaughter and sabotage. I'm not sure. Manslaughter Either involuntary what, Jacob? Sabotage. Jacob, oh. listen, no, y'all, it's a sad. I think it's gonna happen. Oh my gosh, wait, this connects more. So you're saying I can't Jar Jar sabotage. So I think Jar Jar should be charged with sabotage. A Beastie Boys song. You know what else Jar Jar says? He what? refers to the florum. He refers to the animals who run around on florum as beasties. beasties. It's wow. like poetry, you know. It rhymes. It rhymes. Wow. <laughs> it just rhyme. It, it just works. It just rhymes. Wow. I'm, I'm so gonna do another. I'm gonna do another sabotage supercut if I can find that clip. Oh my gosh. Um, I'm gonna do it. It's gonna happen. It's gonna be great. It's gonna be beautiful. Um, yeah. Can we get on to Anakin and Obi-Wan and Dooku subplot? Because there's some really pure lines in here. Great lines. Oh, yeah, sure. One of my favorite is, Do control your protege's insolence so I can concentrate. Anakin, control your insolence. The Count is concentrating. <laughs> I mean, what yeah. sass, man. Oh, absolutely it's, sass. It's the best. Let's look what? at our three uh, tropes of Star Wars. No dressing up as the enemy, no vents. Oh, wait, the ship gets destroyed. Yep, the crash landing. Here's another thing I don't understand. How do they just walk away from that crash landing? That is a high speed, high intensity. Like, they were held gosh, by the bars. I don't get it. You know? <laughs> the bars. Wow, yeah, the bars, of course. That explains it all. Karis wasn't, so he, 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 he you know. <laughs> yeah, but I mean. Yeah. You know, I th I also have more evidence that Jar Jar might be a Sith Lord. Just saying. Do you want to hear it? Yes, Please. I do. He says, when the senator dies, he says, those with good in their hearts always pass in too soon. Jar Jar is constantly getting out of near-death situations because of dumb luck or... Could it be fate? It's clearly not because of hey, him. He's, he's hey, pretty Jacob, incompetent. You know who also dumb lucks his way out of quite a few things? Who? Anakin. Look what happens to Anakin. Oh, yeah. Jar Jar, then, by his own logic, is is does not have any good in his heart because he always like is in positions where he could die, but then he always doesn't die for almost always because of luck or fate or, yep. you know. Jar Jar is the Sith Lord 2020. Let's do this. Jar Jar is the Sith Jar-Jar's a Sith Lord 2020. I actually love that Obi-Wan when, when Obi-Wan and Anakin and Dooku try both times, they fail miserably. I yeah, love that's that. True. They, they, it's not easy. It feels like they give up easily, though, when they're trying to escape. Like, they don't force push the guards when they find them in the, uh, yeah. you know, when they find the guards. They don't they don't force push them, and they don't try to use a mind trick until later. Yeah. So clearly the, clearly the pirates can be mind tricked, but they don't, so... Yeah, it's, um, yeah, I don't really actually have much more for this. Oh, here's one. Uh, Dooku, speaking of our last episode, um, not last episode, two episodes ago with Nessa, um, uh, Dooku wants to get off this godforsaken planet, Jacob. Yeah, yeah, I noticed that. That's another, that, that god reference I think makes a little more sense because we know that Star Wars has religions. Yeah, but, but that's a reference Dooku to follow one? You know, we know Star Wars has religions. We know 
it makes sense. What doesn't what makes less sense to me is like when they say hell, like when the clones say what the hell or when uh Yeah when um what's his name? When when oh gosh, I called Finn what's his name. Jeez, I'm so forgetful today. Oh, when when Finn says pilot. about Poe, that's one hell of a pilot. That makes less sense because the the idea of hell seems less it's, it's, it, it seems could less exist replicable. with religion. Who knows? It could exist with religion, but it seems less like replicable than just uh it, yeah, it seems it seems uh And to use the word god for a deity, possible. really? Yeah. Yeah. Um I mean that, that could make sense because we see like um in in I know it might not be canon now, but in the book of Sith we see someone call uh, Darth Anedu the god king of Prakith, I believe. The Garth and Deep cut. Deep cut. Deep cut. <laughs> so um, apparently these deep cuts are yeah. being rewarded these days because uh Tython. Um but you know uh yeah we you have anything else for this episode um not not really um i'm just gonna uh, check back with my notes one more time yeah um i think serious jar jar is pretty hilarious so like a lot of jar jar's jokes don't really work like the thing where he gets shot at and he just starts running around and going waving his hands and just 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 running around like a chicken with his head cut off that doesn't do it for me but what does yeah. do it for me is when Jar Jar marches up to the tank, makes himself all serious looking, frowns and says, I'm Representative Binks. I think that's funny. <laughs> yeah. It's great. Um, anything else before we end? Oh, yeah. Senator Karras' staff, I think, is was was based off the raw staff in Raiders of the Lost Ark. I think it looks that's very similar. That's awesome. Um, in case people don't know, I actually am a humongous Indiana Jones fan. Um, oh really? I didn't know that. Yeah. Um wow. good stuff. We're going to talk about the Disney announcement for Lucasfilm, specifically Star Wars. I do want to mention that I'm really hyped for Indiana Jones 5 even if 4 was not very good. Um so yeah. Do it. I think um okay. overall this arc was it was an interesting premise. I think it could have been better executed, but uh Dooku captured is my least favorite episode of the Clone Wars so far. Really? Wow. Yeah. I think my least favorite episode I can't. I can't remember, but uh, maybe one of the droid ones. Yeah, yeah. Duke Duke captured didn't land, and Gungan in general wasn't much better. For me. Anyway, all right. Um, Should we talk be about the new Star Wars shows? Let's get into one quarter portion suitable replacement. On Thursday, uh, Disney put out a gigantic four-hour call to its investors about what they're planning now that the coronavirus. Uh, is going to be here for a little more uh, while more, and just in general their plans for the future. Um, we did not expect much, but what we got was crazy. Um, the announcement of 10, 10 Star Wars projects in the works uh, by various uh, directors and cast and producers and all that stuff. Uh, and we're ditching one quarter portion this week. And so uh, what Jacob and I, we thought we'd do... Um, we t we'll talk about our thoughts about each of these shows, um, and maybe we'll do some sort of ranking at the end. First of all, I just want to hear, what are your overall thoughts and emotions? Not specific, just overall, how do you feel about the future of, of, of Star Wars after the, uh, after the call? Man, let me tell you, and, uh, I'm gonna ask you the same thing afterwards. Man, let me tell you, the future of Star Wars is bright. Um, I'm very excited that... It's it's a wide selection. There's gonna be something for everyone. I feel like, um, actually, I feel I feel like my own interests in um, 
in the Star Wars franchise aren't really that as there as I want them to be. Like, the things I'm looking for in Star Wars aren't as there as I want them to be. But we do, it's not like they're not there. It's like, it's that, it's that I wish all ten shows were, you know, I, I want a sequel trilogy expansion show. I want a Final Order show. I want a, a like a, I, you know, the Jedi and Sith stuff. And we don't have a ton of that there. But we do have stuff. Um, but I'm very excited that it seems like so many different types of Star Wars fans are going to see representation in these shows and movies, whether that's interests or, you know, your identity, your race, your gender, your, you know, um, your ethnicity, your sexual orientation, you know what I mean? Um, yeah, I'm, I'm uh, yeah, I think, um, in terms of these new shows, I feel conflicted because on the one hand I'm, I'm they a lot of them sound really interesting um and, and i think they show a lot of promise on the other hand i'm worried i feel i've been thinking about this a little bit and i feel like we could be risking oversaturation not maybe because i don't know about oversaturation it seems like clearly the the marketing people clearly the uh the bean counters at Disney aren't worried about oversaturation anymore, even though they, they blamed, uh, even, even though oversaturation was kind of blamed for, uh, the poor performance of some of the more recent star Wars movies. I think, I, I think that clearly that isn't a concern anymore because we're getting 10 new projects, but I'm worried that the content is going to maybe, I don't know how to explain this. I, I, I want to preface this by saying star Wars has always been the big expansive thing even before Disney, but I'm worried that this new content is just so much that so much TV movie series content, so much visual media is going to trivialize star Wars. I feel like the original trilogy and the, the, the prequel trilogy with these big spectacles where you had interesting glimpses of all sorts of things. And you kind of, and, and, and part of what was appealing about that was, 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 uh, what was, was, um, how do I say this? Letting your imagination kind of fill in and, and, and having the suspense and the mystery, like like when you saw the inside of a uh, the the slave one's cockpit, that was just three seconds, but it, it was cool, it was intriguing. When you saw IG eighty eight, wondered what would it be like to see him in action. I feel like Star Wars now risks maybe becoming yeah. Marvel. I don't want to see the world, yeah. at least in visual media, overexplored. You know, I don't want to see every little thing prop setting or background character shown in like a glossy fan service extravaganza because i think that kind of ignores what made star wars so appealing to begin with and what made it take off in the beginning and and i feel like if we risk too much we just risk it not being special anymore i think um we're entering an era for better or for worse of a divide and conquer maybe of, of of snack food star wars where they're i think now they may be thinking not most fans aren't going to watch everything that we're putting out in terms of visual media because there's going to be so much of it. But I wor- I'm worried that they're just going to make these shows that are enjoyable on the first watch because of nostalgia and the promise of the storyline, but that don't really have the magic because of this overexposure and, and the self-awareness of its own, of Star Wars's own universe. And I'm worried that Star Wars won't be able to escape its own shadow so I hope that's not the case, but I am, I am worried, and I want to get that off my chest. That's extremely valid, and I appreciate that. Can I help ease your mind a little bit? 
Oh yeah, sure. First what do you all, what do you got? These are all if this was all in the next year, I'd be extremely worried. But it isn't. It's in the next four or five years. Second of all, out of out of these ten, okay, we got ten, right? Four of them are limited series. Only one season. Uh, and, and like a couple and like six or seven episodes, four of them. One is a movie, and two of them are animated. The only reason I I'm talking about animated is that the, is that the casual Star Wars fans will probably only end up caring about eight of them. And if we remove the limited series and the movie, that leaves us with five ongoing series. Actually, probably plus Mando, so that would be six. Um, over the next four years um, that are going to keep that uh, that have the potential you know they some of them might not be ongoing series but um, that have the potential to be running at once so it really actually not five yeah six including Mano it really is I don't think it's going to be as much as some people fear it to be but that's just me yeah I do think that even I want to point out that even if we only have what do you say four ongoing series four or five like ongoing six but okay six six uh seasonal series then like a uh, tv like traditional tv shows with seasons that's yeah. still gonna be a tremendous uptick in content so i'm just i'm just yeah. interested to see where that takes us i think it's I, I i think the biggest takeaway is that we're moving out of an era for star wars where there's only one visual media project being released at a time oh yeah i'm sure and um, and i don't know what that's gonna do yeah um but Let me explain something. With it'll the be whole interesting, no matter failing what. Failing of the Star Wars movie with Solo, they marketed that terribly. They learned that lesson the hard way, and I don't think they're going to do that again. Maybe. I mean, I don't want to attribute it all to marketing because clearly, the movie was not a, a resound like. It, a lot of people, I know a lot of people thought it was good, but it wasn't a resounding hit. No. The way that something like Rogue One was or the force awakens at first like i know a lot of people yeah. are saying oh, i never liked the force awakens but or or, or it even, seems like at the beginning the reaction the response was overwhelmingly positive and it kind of cooled off over time as the sequel trilogy developed and as people uh kind of kind of formed their opinions on it yeah I, yeah like you know i don't know i just you know anyway let's get into discussing the individual shows why don't we yeah, let's do it um, what do you want okay. to talk about first Let's talk. I think we should talk about the one I'm most hyped about so I can like fanboy a little bit. All right. Obi Wan Kenobi, directed, uh, show run by Deborah Chow, uh, starring uh, Yuan as Obi Wan, and coming back as Darth Vader, Hayden Christensen. I, I'm pretty hyped for this. I'm not. Oh lie. my god! I'm so is... hyped. This is pretty promising. It's gonna be great. I'm so excited. It's gonna be awesome. I'm so I I I'm not the biggest fan of Hayden in the prequels. I'm gonna admit that, but I'm really excited to see him come back. Um, I'm and I'm also really excited for Ewan too. Um, you know they're they one of the ongoing themes in a lot of these shows is the stagecraft technology and the the um the volume that's used in Mando is gonna be expanded to like all of these. Um, Absolutely, I can't wait to see what Deborah Chow um, is is going to bring. I think that her episodes in season one um, they weren't personally my favorite, but I do think that that it kind of showed what she's uh, capable of and what she can muster. Yeah, and and I think with the resources and the the technology and 
the minds that that Disney is going to put at her disposal. I'm very excited to see what she and her uh, her collaborators will will come up with. And um, you know, to be completely honest with yeah, you, I'm, um, I'm really excited. I think uh, she is maybe one of my favorite directors to do Mando. Um, really, probably. Me, I understand. Probably that. under John and Dave. Um, maybe under Bryce Dallas Howard, but she's up there. You know, she made some really great episodes in season one. I think. Um, but uh, let's see. Yeah, let's get on to Andor, which is Andor. the Cassian show filming in London very soon. Oh yeah, Kenobi's going to start fin- filming in uh, March, uh, and it's probably going to wow. come out twenty twenty two. Andor's probably also twenty twenty two. Uh, it's going to begin filming in London pretty soon. Tony Gilroy is going to be do, uh, handling a lot of that. He was um, the guy they hired to reshoot a bunch from Rogue One uh, after Gareth Edwards had his pass at it. Um, uh, and Cassian's back. We got some good cast people. Um, let's see, I'm trying to think. Fiona Shaw, who played Aunt Petunia in Harry Potter. Um, Stellan Skarsgård. Genevieve O'Reilly as Mon Mothma, Alan Tudyk as K2SO, Diego Luna as Cassian, Kyle Soler, Dennis Goff, Adria Arjona. Yeah. Um, they showed I... us a sizzle reel for Andor, um, which had the Rebels plotting some missions in the early days of the Rebellion. Yeah, I'm, I think uh, Andor is promising. I wasn't a huge fan of the, some of the acting and the characters in... Uh... In, in Rogue One, I didn't think that was particularly exceptional, but you know, I'm I'm excited to uh, to see where this goes. I don't think that this is probably going to be one of the most uh, loved loved shows, probably just uh, knowing what I've we know already. I've been seeing a really positive response to it. Um, really? Okay. I've I mean, I, I definitely think that it has a lot of potential. Don't get me wrong. Rogue One um, has some uh, has a very big fan base. Um, I think my reaction is probably more negative than a lot of people's on this. I wasn't. A, I was not a huge fan of Rogue One. Um, I was not a huge fan of Cassian. Um, and I don't. I, this is an era. I feel like we've uh, done like quite a bit. You know what I mean? Yeah, but I am excited um, to see it from a different perspective. I'm, I'm yeah, interested. Yeah, I'm just worried about retreading waters that we've been in too much. I don't think that's a. I don't. I don't really think that they're going to do that. I don't think it's. But, but who knows? Um, I don't think. I don't think that's too. Uh, too much of a concern, at least not from my perspective. But um. I, I do think, I, I I do think that um, as 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 a leading actor, I think Diego Luna is definitely up for the job. Um, yeah. you know, he, he's a good actor. He's likable. I think he's I think he can definitely uh, he can definitely do a lot. So I'm I'm looking yeah. forward to that. Diego Luna is great. I think he can do a lot, and it's going to be a 12 episode first season, so we're in for quite a bit. Um, I again, it's not that I don't think it can be good. I think it can be great. But I'm just not excited for it as the way I'm excited for a bunch of these other shows. Yeah, I, I um, would say the same thing. Like, yeah, D- if, could it if be great? Was, yes. Does it grab yeah. me personally? No. If this was announced as only one, as a, a standalone, like if this if this was the only announcement that they made, or if this and only one other thing, I would be kind of mad because I'd be like, and 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 it, to be honest, I I do feel that um, I, I feel a little bit uh burnt i guess by by some of the things like like cassian although i do think that it has potential and i don't think it's yeah. i don't i don't i don't want to write it off i do i do feel a bit burnt that they're choosing to uh that they have a uh, 
25,000 years basically of, of timeline to cover and this is what they're choosing to do. So yeah. I don't know. One of the things that I think Star Wars is trying to emphasize and I think, you know, Alex um, Damon sub- summarized it really well on Star Wars, explained it a couple times. You know, I think certain Star Wars is going to be for some people and certain Star Wars is going to be for other people. You know, some things are just not going to be your thing and I don't think Andor is going to be either of our things. Is it going to be good? Probably, actually. Um, I think they got a good crew working on it, but is it going to be an, either of our diehard things? No, it's not. Kenobi is my diehard thing. Um, I'll already tell you before my rank line, Kenobi's number one, by far. No questions about it. Because I love Obi-Wan, I love Force stuff, I love that, that, it's going to be great. Um, let's get to the other thing that's already previously been announced, but we got more details on it. The Bad Batch. I'm, I, um... I'm kind of excited for the Bad Batch. I think. Have you seen uh, the trailer? I have seen the trailer. I'm, okay. I'm excited for it. It, it seems yeah. exciting. One thing I really noticed, you know, season seven of the Clone Wars already had some of the most gorgeous animation that we've seen. But man, the Bad Batch, I just gotta say, great animation. The an- I was just struck by the quality of the animation and the visuals. I can't wait. I think that if if nothing else, even if the story totally flops, even if even if it if it's a big controversy, I, I think, think it's it gonna will, be. Okay. I don't think it will, but. I'm saying even if everything else sucks, I think the visuals are going to be the, a treat. The visuals are going to be great. They got the Filonimation team there. Filonimation, um, <laughs> nice. <laughs> I, that popped into my head a couple minutes ago. I'm like, I got to use that. Um, they got the Filonimation team there. I think this is going to be really great. Again, not my thing, but like, man, I'm excited. We got to see who looks like Fennec Shand in there, um, which is crazy that they're bringing her into the Bad Batch, which is, I love that. Um... Yeah. Uh, any more to say about the Bad Batch? Um, no, I think that it's 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 the problem, I think, that it might face is how is this not just season eight of the Clone Wars? But so I think but at the same again, time, that it could be a good and a bad thing if it is yeah, here's or the thing. isn't. How, how is it not season eight of the Clone Wars? Again, is season eight of the Clone Wars a bad thing? I'm not convinced that season eight of the Clone Wars is a yeah, bad it thing. It could be fun. Um, so I'm excited. Yeah, it seems like it's it. going to be bridging the gap more between Star Wars The Clone Wars and Star Wars Rebels, and I think it could be really cool the ways it could do that. Ahsoka is getting her own limited series. Uh, it's a Favreau Filoni production. It's, coast, it's starring, again, Rosario Dawson as Ahsoka Tano. Um, you know... Yeah, I'm gonna say this. Um, I want to extend... Uh, my hand of support to all of our trans Star Wars friends out there. Um, I can't imagine what this could be like um, because of the accusations against her. Um, but yeah, that's my only gripe about this is they're sticking with Rosario, who isn't looking great right now. Um, I and, have to. Yeah. Yeah. I have to say, um, I, I was disappointed that um, I, I, I was uh, I, I was disappointed, um, and to be honest, I feel like given that there's no that there's no like conclusion to the to, to the to the thing that's going on with with Rosario Dawson and involving those um, the, those uh, accusations, like we can't really, I guess I, I and I'm not really. 
putting too much light, like anger towards Disney for their decision yet. I don't know how long this controversy has been going on. So I don't know, but purely um, looking beyond that, I am kind of disappointed simply because from what we've seen so far, I don't think that the team, whether, whether I don't know who really to, 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 to say this is because of, I, it's a little, probably a little bit because of Rosario Dawson um, and, and her character choices. It might be because of how um, the, the direction that the writers and, and, and the directors are going. But I don't think that The Mandalorian's Ahsoka was very good. I, I think that, um, I definitely think that as a guest character, it wasn't a big problem. But I think that if we're going to see that portrayal of Ahsoka, I, I don't think it's going to be I don't think it's going to be good as the forefront of an entire show. You know, obviously it's a different actor. It's not going to be exactly the same, but her voice just doesn't have any of the same uh, texture, feel, a timber, you know. Um, it, it just doesn't It just doesn't feel like there was really any effort put in towards making her sound, making Ahsoka sound consistent with, with uh, previous portrayals of her from Ashley Eckstein. I also, um, I think Ahsoka's mannerisms felt a bit odd. Um, I'm not. I'm not sure quite how to phrase this. Maybe a bit, um, a, a bit too um, cold, perhaps for for someone who who and and maybe a bit you too didn't like um, Ahsoka. leaning towards violence. And it doesn't feel like Ahsoka, even in um, like even as a more seasoned jaded person in in Rebels, like well after we see her say I'm no Jedi, she's still, she 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 still is kind, and she just feel you feel a sense of benevolence from her. Ahsoka just doesn't she doesn't she doesn't come across as benevolent anymore like she comes across yeah. as a um yeah. Jacob not to rush you as anything. a threat we got like six more shows to go to though all right yeah totally I'm just trying to work through yeah I just want to make sure no one thinks that I'm just hating for no reason no and, but no. you know you have, she, he has legitimate yeah. concerns with Ahsoka that I don't agree with but you know it's it's yeah. totally I just don't think that her portrayal so far has has, has been, been particularly uh particularly Ahsoka-like but, yeah, uh, okay. that remains to be um, seen, I guess. It, yeah, th- it, that's leaving a lot of chance. Let's get it another, the next one in that sort of arc with the Mando and the Ahsoka, which is Rangers of the New Republic. We know nothing what? about this. Do we know anyone who's involved? Favreau Filoni. That's it? Yeah. Is it, do we know if it's animated, live action? Live action. Live action, Favreau Filoni. Favreau do we know Filoni. when it's taking It's going to tie into, yeah, Rangers, Ahsoka, and Mando are going to tie into one event which I'm pretty sure, and a lot of people are pretty sure, is going to be the um, Rebels sequel, like, what's going to be the Rebels sequel, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I... If this is Cara Dune, this is automatically my least favorite show on this list because of who because of Cara Dune right now. If this yeah, is not you're... Cara Dune, this could be genuinely great. Yeah, you know, I, I think that, um, I hope that they're not going to take the approach of, oh, Ranger, I bet that means Marshall, because, yeah. you know, you know, I'm just gonna say I don't. I have no love for uh, the the actor, the or the actress as a person. But but even besides that, I just don't think I don't, that she has. She's not a good character. I don't like to her carry character. the show. I don't think that her no. acting is particularly remarkable. And I think that we might see. And while it kind of um, in the ensemble, although although the acting she blends in well does, enough. It dra- look. It kind of drags the show at points, but it's not really a big deal. But I do think that if if she, if um, Gina Carano were to lead an entire show, I do think that 
We'd run we would, we would we would run into some problems with her uh yeah i'm just gonna say she hasn't exactly showed a lot of range as no. of yet i don't I'm so not... i'm just concerned about her ability to um to yeah. to play a major role in a show in a show and not just be like like part of an ensemble sort of yeah um let's get on to one of i think the most interesting projects in this list yeah. The Acolyte. The Acolyte. Run by Leslie Headland. It's a mystery thriller that has dark side powers that takes place in the final days of the High Republic. I am beyond hyped for this show. I am so excited to see what Headland does in the old in the New Republic, the High Republic era. Uh, she's a big fan of not just Star Wars, but the Star Wars fandom. You know, she said in an interview recently, oh yeah, I watch the Star Wars Explained canon update every month to see <laughs> what's happening in the in, what's happening in um, the Star Wars world now. And I love the video essays on YouTube about Star Wars. Um, so she's obviously a fan and a fan of the fandom, which I love. Yeah, but I really also, think that... this is an area we have not really gotten into in Star Wars. Dark side mystery thriller, High Republic era, which we're only, by the way, getting stuff in the High Republic era starting in about a month. I mean, this has so much potential in it. I think. Yeah, I think. Um, I I I don't know how much we know about it. I haven't been following this particularly closely again, but it makes me th the word acolyte makes me think Night Sister because we does, see that word associated yeah, with the Night Sisters yeah. a lot. Um, I. I don't know if it's going to be the Night Sisters, but whatever it is, I'm interested to see what it's going to be because if it is, if it is, I'm intrigued. If it isn't, I'm even more intrigued. Yeah, I bet that it's not going to have much to do with the Jedi, however, because that would kind of undermine the entire idea that no, yeah. the Jedi thought the Sith were extinct. Yeah, if, uh, if, if, it, it's if not, it doesn't it's have not to do the with the Jedi, I'm fine. Just have it like this is my force-based series. Um, if it is my Force Base series, which I think it is, with Kenobi and probably also Ahsoka, um, I'm down for it. You know, those are my those are my those are my things. Those are the Kenobi, yeah, Acolyte, Ahsoka are the three shows I'm most looking forward to just because of that. Yeah, absolutely. All right, what's next? Uh, let's see. Let's go to Lando, a miniseries done by uh, Justin Simeon, the director of Dear White People. Um, I think it's going to be Glover. Um, the idea I've heard tossed around a lot about Lando is the Calrissian Chronicles told by Billy D. old Lando post-Rise of Skywalker, but the Chronicles actually star Glover Lando. That would be hilarious. Um, and, you know, they could bend the rules of canon because maybe Lando's embellishing stuff. Maybe that they would, didn't be, that would be an interesting possibility. Like, what if we have an unreliable narrator that actually yeah. means what we see on the screen? What if it's that is not actually, actually what happened? happened. I um, think that would be a little confusing, and I don't yeah. think that... I, I just think that that would confuse maybe like less diehard fans, maybe, who are just trying to watch yeah. it to have fun and aren't necessarily doing background research and reading yeah. all about the show. Maybe they just turn on Disney Plus and they're like, oh, what's this? Oh, it's Landa. That's Lando, cool. Yeah. So my can, I do feel concerned if, about that. But I do think that as a theory crafting, as as a theory, it certainly is unique and, and 
and as unlikely as I think that would be, I think that would be pretty uh pretty funny. I, I again, I think the show has quite a bit of potential. We'll see where it goes though. Um, and, you know, if it has um, if if it really if if it's gonna star uh, uh, Don Glover Jr., I I think that um, that is absolutely a there that that is absolutely one of the most uh, talented uh, charismatic uh, lead roles that that we that we're gonna see in this new batch of uh, visual content. And I, I absolutely can't he wait. He nailed Lando and Solo. He's going to nail Lando again. Um, yeah, that's the hope. Let's go to a droid story. Lucasfilm, animation, and ILM are coming together. And they're doing a hybrid project. I think it's still going to be animated, though. Uh, that involves a new hero who uh, tags along with the two droids everybody knows and loves c-3po and r2d2 again we have no idea who's involved with this project probably anthony daniels because he's in star wars literally everything by this point but you can't confirm anything you know what i mean yeah i am a bit concerned because the last time we saw a story centered around c-3po and r2d2 of of course that was uh that was um a sunny day in the void which uh, I didn't mind but I know a lot of people found it not particularly enjoyable. The droid arc. Oh really? Oh you know you're right. R2. Yeah. That was just R two. Okay, well then. Yeah. You know it, I I think it could be interesting. I it's I, gonna be really interesting whatever it is. I think. I don't know that their that C three PO and R 2s dynamic would work well and and carry over to an entire show. Like it works well as comic relief in um in, in various projects. We see it a little bit in Rebels, we see it a little bit in Clone Wars, we see it in the original trilogy. But I'm I'm concerned about them trying to base the whole show off that. But we don't really know what else is gonna be in it. So I don't think that's a problem yet. Yeah. Um, well, let's see. Uh let's go to Star Wars Visions. Anime creators are gonna be taking their swing at ten interpretations of stories from the Star Wars saga. This this could be pretty interesting, I think. It, it's gonna be. I think it could be good. There's not much more to say because I'm not a huge anime watcher, um, and I don't really know what's gonna go on. It could be great. And finally, saving one of the biggest for last, coming to theaters Christmas of 2023. This is a movie, Rogue Squadron, directed. By Wonder Woman director Patty Jenkins. That's pretty exciting. Um, I, I I know that for a lot of people, this is very significant. You know, it's the first woman to direct a Star Wars movie. Um, it's based off of concepts from books from the '90s. Really, isn't there also a TV show? I know there's a lot of things called Rogue Squadron already. And, Video and that, game, books. That's really yeah. it. So I, I'm excited to see something from the New Republic era, uh, kind of following the. Uh, direct maybe following a little more directly and connecting more directly to the rebellion like you know we see we only catch glimpses of what's actually happening for the rest of the galaxy in the mandalorian but i think that rogue squadron because it might be tied into the new republic and the politics of that i i i I assume that we're gonna see much more i just hope it's a bigger picture i just hope it's not in the year following um uh return of the jedi because we already got a story about pilots in that era. It's called Squadrons. 
Um, I think there's still a lot of room for. Uh, yeah, there's that year between um, Return of the Jedi and the Battle of Jakku. You know, I say the era between three and four is becoming a little bit much in there. The year in between Return of the in, in between Endor and Jakku is in danger of, in my opinion, of becoming that way. In my opinion. We have yeah. Lost Stars, we have Squadrons, we have Battlefront, we have, you know, um, we have a lot of things in that era. So well, I don't mind it because I feel like we've just seen over and over that's what people like. And we see that I think there's the most demand for that in the prequels, kind of, in the prequel era, at least. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like people, the Squadron story wasn't super well received, neither was the Battlefront 2 story, even though I liked it. Um, Lost Stars, everyone loves, but that only has a part of it that takes place. Um, demand, I would, I would say that demand is not necessarily the, the same thing as reception. Yeah, true. Uh, but, you know, it could be great. I think it would be, I think it could be really great. I think Patty Jenkins has a talent for directing, and I think um, this could be a really great movie. Oh, um, I know yeah. Alex is going to, Alex Damon from Star Wars Explained is going to be jumping up and down because he loves pilots so much. Um, and he, he was, I, I watched his stream that night. He was out of his mind um, <laughs> going crazy because he loves pilot, pilots wow. so much. Um, yeah. Again, not my thing. Could be good. Um, Jacob, do you have any semblance of a ranking of these? I'm sorry. I don't yet. I, I don't, I don't know what I'm most hyped for. Uh, um, here, here, what's I'll your make it, I'll get, make it a little simple for you. What project are you most hyped for? What project are you least hyped for? I think I'm most hyped for Kenobi because we see... Um, I'm most hyped for Kenobi and Rogue Squadron. And I'm least hyped for Andor and Ahsoka. Even though I love Ahsoka, I'm not hyped for the project. Okay. At least Here's my ranking of stuff. Okay. Um, yeah. I'm excluding Rangers because it could be great. It could be awful. Um, excluding Rangers... Number nine, Droid Story. Number eight, Andor. Number seven, Rogue Squadron. Number six, Lando. Number five, Visions. Number four, The Bad Batch. Number three, Ahsoka. Number two, The Acolyte. And number one, Kenobi. Um, Pretty yeah. sound list. Yeah. I think I might switch Bad Batch and Ahsoka, but I'm not sure. Um... Rangers could be as high as number five or as low as number ten for me. Um, it really just depends on what's there. Um, yeah. In the meantime, uh, I think that's going to end this episode of Star Wars in the Galaxy. Uh, make sure to... Uh, you can listen to us on Spotify, Anchor, Breaker, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts. Anywhere you listen to your podcasts, we'll be there. Um, follow us on Twitter, at In a Galaxy Pod, Instagram, Star Wars in a Galaxy, all one strung together. Um, you can find us on YouTube, uh, Star Wars, colon, In a Galaxy. Hope you enjoyed the stream. Um, let's see. Is there anything else? I don't think there is. Next week, what are we going to be doing next week? Next week we'll be covering, let's look, um... Next week, we're going to be covering Jedi Crash, Defenders of Peace, and Trespass. Um, yeah, that's what we're going to be doing 
those weeks. Um, I think that should be pretty interesting. It's going to be interesting, yeah. Um, in the meantime, may the force be with you. Always.